Hello and welcome to the Eastern Kicks podcast, a regular magazine program about East Asian film led by me, Andrew Heskins, founder and grandmaster of EastonKicks.com, and James Mudge, our leading writer. Hey Each episode, we'll be taking a look at the latest films, news, and festivals, often chatting to filmmakers and stars along the way. So welcome to the last show of the year. It's the end of the year show. And this episode, we're going to look back on 2022 and ask, what does it mean for Asian film and TV? Has anything changed? Is there any good news? <laughs> but before we get on with that, let's ask the most important question of all. What are you drinking this episode, James? <laughs> You'll be able to... Mad raccoon beer. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> late, late shift, it's got some kind of hip-hop raccoon on it, man. <laughs> yeah, your, your better half shared a picture of that. She was, yes, uh, she, found, yeah. she found this. She was very happy. <laughs> really but she proud only, of finding it. She only bought me one, though. <laughs> <laughs> Don't test the waters first, mate. You might, you might find you, you don't like it. Very, you? very unlikely. So, but I've also got um, Glenn <laughs> Marna. No, Glenn. Ah, I can't remember what it, which one it is. I've got it. I've it's got it. Glenn's. It's a Glenn. It begins with an M. But I've got that. I've got that with me. Uh, so I think it's Glenn Marna. So I've got whiskey after I have my one raccoon beer, which I will like. It's five point six percent. So it's. Pint-sized can, almost. It's folly. It's a folly. Yeah. I, I'm just on the old leather blonde here. Fair enough. So uh, 6.6, as, as, as most of you probably out there know, if you're regular listeners. <laughs> it's a solid, it's a solid, a solid fallback. So let's get on with chatting about 2022. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, what were the big releases this year? <laughs> not really much, was it? <laughs> no, no, I think that's what we're going to keep saying and coming back to during this chat is, is the pickings have been uh, incredibly slim, uh, I think. For, Particularly for when it comes to cinema, I think yeah. it's, yeah. you know, I mean, I think there's, there's, there's the one film that stands out is, is Decision to Lee. Mm. Um, yeah, and I think we probably still had a little bit of at the beginning of the year probably had a little bit of the the release for for drive my car true. Around, oh, that, yeah, yeah yeah that's true um but not much but uh as far as cinema going goers go that's that's pretty much it there's really small releases for other films yeah um, not much at all and it doesn't seem like it's uh, particularly good news in any way, shape, or form. So, Decision League yeah. has been picked up by Mubi, so it's had a, a a fairly limited, but not as limited as many other limited seminaries are nowadays. Um, very confusing. It's a very confusing release, I have to say. I don't think. I mean, I'm not going to go off on one against Mubi or anything because remember, like the, it was, it was playing at what London Film Festival and stuff, right? Yes. But it had all these other like preview screenings. Uh, and then it had a sort of second. I don't think some of those screenings. were part of some of those were part of the London Film Festival as well because they do this thing where they take a couple of films and yeah. screen them in other cities that they they sort but, of but, started doing really particular. But that's post, what that's um, what yeah, but that's what confused yeah. me up here in Glasgow because we had the London Film Festival screenings and stuff up here, but we also had movie preview screenings up here <laughs> at the same time in different cinemas. So it was you know it was a GFT and it was at Cineworld. So I, I was really confused by it. And then it, of course, came out. And it's, like you say, like very limited release very soon after that as well. So I, yeah. I don't think... I don't know. I, I, it's an interesting one. And now it's, it's been, it's been on, uh, actually on the movie. It's on movie now. Platform for, yeah. for a while now. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But it's still... 
I don't know. I mean, this sort of tags into what what happened with "I'll Drive My Car" as well. Like you know, it was it was playing the festivals, then there was a a massive gap, um, and then it came out. Sorry, the very the opposite, rather. There was a very short gap and stuff, and it was a massive gap to the Oscars, is what I was going to say and stuff. So. Mm. I don't know when these films when you, when you're having like on the one hand like say like this is a BFI tour which I think is a good idea you know taking some of the yeah. films to the festival uh, not just Asian films anything like around the country yeah yeah that's Starting great headline films definitely yeah yeah for sure but trying to build actual release around it because the BFI don't <laughs> don't do a great job with promotions anyway as we know so you're not piggybacking onto any big benefits and if anything and also, you're losing your audience. Yeah. I, and that, and that's the problem, and that is kind of inherent in the the, uh, the London Film Festival as well. That the yeah. films, you know, they either you know you get the films that aren't going to turn up mm. at all, yeah, um, or you know might turn up in a year's time, mm -hmm. or you get the ones that are coming out, and if the, uh, like like within a few weeks, which yes. kind of makes the whole. You know, we've discussed this before on the program. Let's <laughs> make let's make the festival. I, mean, I don't I don't want to use the word pointless, but you know if you. If you have got, uh, you know, quite expensive tickets, um, yeah. fine. You might have a gala where you've got the director there and the yeah. cast members there, which is which is great. But you also know that actually next week it's coming out at uh, your city world. So yeah, yeah, for sure. I didn't. And that's uh, that's on your membership. So. Well, no, I I agree. I, I don't I don't see the point um, so, so much of it. Uh, like you say, unless there's a, it's a very specific. You know, if it's coming out a week later, but you've got the director, the cast there, you've got some Q and A's. That I mean, sure. I mean, still wouldn't pay the London Film Festival prices, but I can see a point to that. But for a lot of these films, there just there just isn't. And when you're mixing in, like in this case, you know, actual preview distributor preview screenings, you mm -hmm. know, as well at the same time before the release, it probably screened just as much before it released, after it released. You yeah, know, yeah. Which I, I, I didn't I, get I, at I, all. That doesn't that doesn't make sense to me, and it does. It feels a bit like the 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 distributor and and the BFI not not chatting to each other. It feels very like much that. like that. Very, no, no, I, I <laughs> where it could agree. it could actually have been you know maybe one of them needed to take a second step back and go well okay well, well you know if you're the distributor it's probably cheaper to let BFI put it out there and just yeah yeah put yeah. it in a few more places and keep it as a, a London film festival. No, I, I agree. Previous rather than try and do the same. It's a strange one because obviously because <laughs> because movies like not movies not VOD either. It's you know it's a subscription service. So if it was a VOD one, it would kind of make more sense to me because then people, you know, you would could just be renting. You could do the whole thing at the same time. Then you know, there's a lot of things do yeah. day and date yeah. for VO, yeah. for VOD yeah. and um, uh, and limited cinema. That that makes more sense. I, I, you know that kind of model. You know that kind of has been proven to work a lot more. Whereas having mm. it out, coming out like a week in the cinema, basically. So basically we have about three weeks of previews in London. We have about a week to two weeks at max of like film screenings, of actual release. Then two weeks later, we have it on a subscription service. Um, don't, I don't really get it because mo most of the people who subscribe to Mubi are, are more like on the, the, the sort of slightly cinephile side and stuff. So they're probably going to want it to watch it in the cinema anyway. And is it? Yeah. I mean, put it. I I get getting around to talking about the film itself. I mean, I, I haven't seen it, uh, and even I haven't. I couldn't even be bothered taking a free trial to movie to watch it. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm representative of anything in particular, but you would think, you know, I'd be a 
particular you would think i'd be a target as, as you know sort of an asian film fan and that. so i'm not i mean you've seen it i, I i'm not sure why yeah, I, all yeah. i'm saying is that i'm not sure why i just nah uh, why i couldn't care less about it i mean i'm not sure why i have we, that feeling i mean before we kind of talk about um the film yeah. uh i think it might be worth kind of sticking with well, i mean and I, and I really don't know what 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 a success yeah. what a vaguely successful mm. domestic release is you know, in terms of the cinema in the UK. And I know that it does change a lot between um, how much distributors are paying for a yeah. film, um, you know, and how much the film costs to make. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so where you've got things like, and, and I, uh, my figures are all in, um, you know, the figures I found are all in dollars. Um, mm. So uh, the American listeners will, will know what I'm talking about, but for British <laughs> listeners, you will have to uh, convert those into pounds to, to have more of an idea. But, um, you know, so for instance, uh, something like Black Adam might, you know, worldwide be getting 390 million US dollars, you know, mm. that's, that's the kind of, it's, it's gross takings. Um, which, because the sort of film is it is, it's not enough to yeah, you know they, they basically can it's a, it's a flop yeah. because it costs so much to make and to market yeah, it, it costs more to market. more than more to market than it actually costs to make it's crazy marketing <laughs> yeah. costs are, are insane now and and in, in interesting I mean that will come back into uh, decisions to leave so I think mm. a lot of lot of uh, yeah, listeners in the UK and you know, across the UK will have seen the advertising in. In magazines, we'll have seen the posters in, yeah, in you know, yeah. London in tube stations and and so on and so forth. It's it's been it was very very widely marketed, definitely. You know, but it's it's the the UK gross for um, uh, the the figure that I found um, was just over seven hundred and fifty thousand. That's more, that's more than I thought it would have been. To be honest, I'm quite. I mean, I I, I have a very have a rough idea how much they paid for it and stuff, but. Um, I, I'm not sure what they would have spent on um, marketing, like P&A and everything, but I, that's, yeah. that's actually better. I mean, compared to, well, we know Drive My Car didn't exactly, Drive My Car <laughs> made, you know, several factors less than that without, you know, putting it politely. Um, it really didn't, really didn't do well. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, 750,000 is actually pretty good for a foreign language for a foreign language film in the UK and stuff, but I'm very so I'm so surprised to hear that figure because it it really had a limited number of screenings. So I wonder, yeah, I'm just I'm just very surprised mm. as to what actually gets included in that, including that figure because that's more than like quite a few normal commercial, um, you know, actual commercial films, um, uh, make and and it's still it's not even that long since it was actually on release. So no, that's I mean it's interesting. Uh, I mean, the figure I had, I mean, let's take it back a couple of years, the figure I had for about for um, Parasite was 14, over 14 and a half million. Not in the UK, you mean? Uh, in the UK, that's the UK. 14 million? Just, that's the figure I found. I mean, I think it got a couple of releases thanks to the... I mean, I don't know how accurate the I found. This was... Uh, uh, sorry, I, I'm actually just flicking through stuff <laughs> at the same time. For, I'm not going to look at Parasite. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Parasite did get multiple releases and stuff, so um, mm. it is it is quite possible. Um, you know, and and then I've, I've just got a few comparatives comparative mm. comparisons here. So, um, Hunt, yes, uh, the Korean film. Um, the figure I found for UK was. Um, 
Oh no, actually, I don't have a figure for UK. That's interesting. Okay. Um, but it did get a limited release, so maybe it didn't really figure. Um, I've got some other, other figures here, so mm-hmm. um, so to kind of talk about some of these smaller releases that are that that, that are coming out now, mm-hmm. like. Uh, uh, you know, when we, we will come on to this in a bit, you know, with some of the Hong Kong films, but they're mm-hmm. getting a UK distribution, like Table for Six, yeah. which I've got a figure of um, $84,000. Okay, I mean, that's that's pretty... You, and then far, you know. far away getting 13, nearly 14,000 US dollars. Yeah, which is... I mean, it's, it's weird to talk about UK Kingdom in uh, the UK, yeah. uh, United Kingdom in, in terms of dollars, but... Uh, well, that's, 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 that's the world. That's the, that's the world we live in. Everything. That's where we're, everything's quoted dollars. in dollars. <laughs> um, yeah, it used to be worth a few more pounds, but obviously, mm. at today's rates, uh, not so many. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, what what do you think? I mean, I'm quite interested. I don't know if you have an answer, but what what does that mean for a for a for a domestic release and? Just I <laughs> I mean, we don't have the answer to this, but I would be very interested to dig down into that. Um, uh, or decision to leave figure and see what's actually coming under that side. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't some other VOD, or maybe move, maybe there's something else being included in there from the movie side of it because it did. It it didn't play that wide. It really did not play wide. I mean, put it this way: Glasgow is quite a big market for this stuff, and it was it had one screening a one screening a day at like nine o'clock. No, two screenings a day for the first week at like seven o'clock and half nine. At the main cinema, and the second week it had like two or three screenings. So it really didn't. It had a very limited release, so I mean, that's I mean, it's I'm happy, man. I'm glad to see any film pulling that much money. I just I would not have guessed you, you were going to say that it was that much and everything. Um, so maybe maybe there's some other differences in the way they're actually calculating it, but I'd say that's I mean, just taking it at face value, I'd say that's a pretty it's a pretty impressive figure. Um, I, I, I would imagine they actually made some money off it, um, in that case, because for that kind of film, they probably did have BFI support for the um. For the marketing, everything you can mm. get, you can get certain um, grants, you know, towards your your marketing distribution budget. So they, I assume they probably did get something for that. So but that that yeah, that that is an impressive figure. But I, for the other ones, um, you mentioned you know, like the Hong Kong ones. I don't understand the, don't understand that at all. Uh, to be honest, I mean, having worked with companies who will remain nameless uh, <laughs> and everything, even for a point where you weren't necessarily buying a film. But you were still covering all distribution, marketing costs, staffing costs, everything. That you really needed to hit at least fifty k, at least fifty k, to not lose money. So you know, and that's that was a few years ago. So it's probably more than that now. So even for something like Table of Six, they're hitting eighty k. Um, actually, I don't. Well, that's and that's in dollars as well. So it probably is about fifty five, sixty k. So that's. I don't understand. It. I'm very, I'm very intrigued by that. To be honest, because if uh, there's been a few of these films coming out, and some, I'm sure some of the other ones have have achieved lower figures um, than those ones as well, from Hong Kong. I mean, some of the, the like Blue Island or whatever it's called and stuff. Some of the other ones have been going around. I'm sure they're making lower, yeah, I, lower bank uh, as well. The but. figure I had for that was uh, less than six thousand. Well, there, yeah, it doesn't surprise. Yeah. No, no, exactly. It doesn't, doesn't surprise. surprise. No. Doesn't surprise at all. So if you if you even if you add those together and stuff, but um, come, I guess maybe companies are now pursuing like different uh, business models right, for these mm-hmm. things, like not necessarily having um, as high a exposure or a risk in terms of not having so many, not having staff, not having offices, 
maybe sharing stuff more with the cinemas so they're sort of reducing their risk maybe sharing then the money with the people back you know in hong kong the production companies so mm. it's yeah it, it could it could be done in a variety of different ways it still just seems like a lot of effort to, to me if it's not actually so the, the flip side to that is if it's not bringing much money it means not many people are seeing it and that's really the point where i don't see the point yeah you know if you, if you have some and i'm sure there are you know, no, no one's going to be losing money on, on release as well. Some companies do because they're pretty thick. But um, if people aren't actually even watching the films and you're not reaching that many people, then that's that's where I don't really get it. So it's very interesting. We're, you know, they're at the very top end of the scale, we have that then decision to leave with a surprisingly big figure. And whether or not that does have some link into like movie's own gross from the film like um you, you know who knows in terms of subscription subscription clicks and <laughs> yeah. things that wouldn't wouldn't surprise me but either way it's getting out there you know it's getting watched and stuff so mm. so whatever the complexities of the financial model are uh, it would seem on the surface to represent a success in terms of people actually seeing it and, and pushing you know a large part of that for them will be pushing the movie the movie brand so it, i imagine part of it's an investment in keeping them going and like getting these yeah yeah prestige titles and stuff so for them i i would imagine that represents a pretty good pretty good success by the sound of it uh, yeah you know compared to stuff like you know drive my car which was not a success in the least um and didn't really even help the film company in question <laughs> modern modern films but um <laughs> you know, I'm kind of joking. It's it, it's it, you know I, I do appreciate it's awkward t- timing for these things, and they're a much smaller distributor than than someone like Mubi who has a lot of money behind them. So, um, but yeah, there's a, there's a huge gap there for from the from the really low sort of fifty thousand pounds and below up to these ones, which then which are retrieving slightly more closer to like a commercial, you know, a, a non foreign language or non Asian. East Asian film would. Mm. So it is. It is interesting, and it, but also I guess the results are so skewed because there's been so few things actually in the cinema. You know, if we had about twenty films to compare, takings across, you know, that that would be. Mm. We, I we mean, I, 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 I know it does. It yeah, we does feel like we've got into a stage where really, you know, we are lucky to get one. Yeah, major Asian release mm-hmm. in cinemas. Um, you and we get all these other minor ones. Yeah, that kind of chip yeah. away, but that, but that, that is really it. You know, I mean, and the minor and the minor uh, ones are, are are very niche markets to you know niche audiences, on purpose. Like the Hong Kong ones are only or it's it's, it's the way that these Hong Kong ones in the UK and we'll talk about Hong Kong cinema in a bit. But just in terms of like the UK side of it, I mean, the films are not being marketed in English language. They're only being pushed to. Uh, you know the a specific demographic, which is completely fair enough. But there's whereas then compare that to like say the decision to leave, um, which is every bit the sort of can, not can blockbuster, but sort of can poster put can poster film um, type of thing, which people will probably go and see it just because it, you know it's got the can is, logo on it. It, it is is it a, is it a point just to kind of talk about my feelings about decision to leave? Yeah, yeah, do do because as yeah. I say, I've not I've not seen it. <laughs> Jogi.
젊고 예쁘고 외국인이어서 피의자가 돼야 되냐? 알리바이 입증된 거야. 예쁜 거 인정하시는 거네요. I, I mean, off off the podcast, we James and I have have spoken about this. But, mm. um, yeah, I'm. I was not a fan of decision to leave. I think my uh, rather throwaway comment at the end of my review, I've, and I still feel the same way, was rather like Tenacious D. It's mm. a tribute. It's not <laughs> the song itself, um, and we all, many of you, will probably be aware of the fact that it is a it is a very big homage um, <laughs> to uh, Hitchcock and, and Vertigo, which was, and we'll come on to this later in the program as well, was until very recently, uh, one of the, BF, the, <laughs> the, uh, in the top spot of the uh, BFI's 100 Greatest Movies of all, Films yes, of All Time. Yes, yeah. Um, and that's kind of how I feel about it. It's It's got everything that Park Chan-wook does, mm. but also everything he's done before much better. I, In terms of enjoying the film, it's just stuffed full of devices there's nothing mm. there's a lot of visual stuff in there it's very creative but there's so many la- overlapping layers of this, <laughs> these devices that it oh. it becomes it feels very convoluted and confusing but it's actually a very very simple story um, and a very very simple story that's not a million miles away from from uh, some of the vertigo um, and, and and it deliberately has all these these scenes on, on from the top of cliffs and the top of uh, buildings and so on Um and it, it it just doesn't it there's it's just so much in your face that I I, I just did not in, I just didn't enjoy it that much and I did not buy into I mean you've got a couple of stars in there I got a couple of actors but I did not buy into that that as a as a romantic right okay part did, did, does she does she speak Korean in it yes she Don't does right, but right, she's right. she's married to a Korean, yeah, yeah, oh, no, no, she's been she's been in a couple of other Korean films before and stuff. So, but also she they, there's this device in there, um, where she uses a telephone translator for some stuff that she allegedly can't say in in Korean. So she does speak Korean, but also speaks in okay Mandarin as well. Right, right. Uh, over two hours. I mean, it's, there's some interesting. Over two hours. Yes. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely. And 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 to the state where there's so much packed into it, I wouldn't be surprised if there will be like oh, a handmade God. extended cut down the road as well. Oh Lord. Um, but everything you're saying just uh, just just it on seems, your lines. I, 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 I have I a problem. I do have a problem with with this because you know, like you, you kind of talk, talk about it being that sort of like yeah, it's a can. It's like that. that yeah. You know that that you you're supposed. I mean, and, and I do feel. It's one of those things I definitely feel like, you know, a bit of Emperor's New Clothes about it. Uh, mm. I, I wonder why there's a lot of people that really, really love it. And, you know, yeah. if you're one of those people listening to this program, I don't mean to offend you, but mm. I, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Because if you want to, there are lots of other films of, of Park Chan-wook that I would actually choose to watch again. Yeah. Um, yeah. That I have much more of, a, I, I buy into the, the romance or... You know, and like a lot of them, this is this is you know it's going to be quite a tragic romance. I hope that's not a spoiler for you, but you know it's based on Vertigo. What did you expect? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, you know, I I buy into the relationship in first. You know, yeah, that's you know, If I want to watch, you know, if I want to, you know, I, I think when we talked about it, you know, that that there's a there's a very kind of quick level from Park Chan-wook's early films, you know, through JSA to Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, and it's yeah, most yeah. of it's been pretty much downhill ever since and some people must spend is still I think yeah that's my favourite yeah, yeah, his best film yeah, yeah that's definitely my so where you get this, this 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 applause for this and, and it, 
that, that there's a lot of movies that kind of quotes movies yeah. in a sort of way. And you get this, and it's, it's come out of the sort of cans part of it, and then they get applauded in things like The Guardian and so on. And so of course, forth. yeah. Um, and and they, 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 they're kind of force-fed to you in the films that you should should love, in a sense. And, and, I, and I like I say, I'm, I'm like, I, I, I don't, yeah. I actually don't get it. I, and I, I do think if you are a, a fan of, uh, you know, you've watched a reasonable amount of Park Chan-wook films, I'd be very surprised if, if this would be anywhere near the top, but have, I mean, part of me wonders it's as just, well. Just, because he's just doing the same stuff that he's done. No, no, I, I mean everything you're saying. I exactly, the, you know, the reasons why I haven't bothered watching. I don't feel anything about it. Which, even if it was on Netflix, I, I probably wouldn't bother to be honest. Which is quite sad in a way. But I mean, so much of this is kind of indicative a bit of just the state of Korean cinema, though. I mean, it's really, you know, we'll go, we'll talk about any trends or lack thereof later, but. It seems like another sort of classic three star I'd get from my OGS Asia date sent to me, <laughs> you know, which is handsome. Oh, that's always the word I use: handsome production values. Everything about it is well done, but you're just kind of at the end like, okay, yeah. but now everything is over like two hours fifteen, so it's worse. Yeah, yeah. but it it just looks exactly that that kind of. I'm sure it is handsome, and, you know, immaculately yeah, yeah. constructed and whatnot. But I and and it's definitely <sighs> I do feel like there is there. We are seeing this sort of chase of, of the success of Parasite, um, yeah, which yeah. Is, has has in many respects in terms of a, a work from a direct uh, what a just mm, I don't really quite want to use the word repeating but mm-hmm. continuing to look at the same the same themes in their work. I do think Parasite is a much much better film than The Citizen to Leave, which might shock you even more, um, <laughs> knowing how you feel about it. But yeah. we've also seen. Um, this is being followed because we got the Japanese director Hirakazu uh, Kurira, um, yeah, doing Broker. Yeah, yeah. With, didn't, with yeah. some, with, with, which is, is is actually only released in the UK uh, in February from Picture House. Because the they're hoping for the Oscars, I guess. And they're hoping to be in, in there um, somewhere. And again, I'm afraid is is just a director doing everything they've done before. You know, in this time, <laughs> um, he's doing it with a Korean cast like Song Kang Ho from Parasite. Ah, that's right. Yeah. Um, it's got the, I think it's got the cinematographer from Parasite. It's got the composer from Parasite. Oh Christ! Okay. Um, who's actually can be very good. Oh no, yeah, I don't mean middle. I don't mean not good. Yeah, 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 it's just yeah, yeah. Tying into the, the same old stuff. Yeah. But it, I mean, here it's a very kind of a twee, piano-y kind of soundtrack, which oh. I don't, I don't know. I mean, and again, we can come onto this in a bit, but I, I mean, maybe we talk about this, you know, because we all kind of mentioned this film anyway. But I. That to me didn't feel like a very Corrida kind of a, a a way that he used to use music. Okay, it felt like it was a bit forced by the studio. So you you do wonder how much of this is uh, because it's a Korean production. Is is the studio forcing certain aspects to it? But there's there's no. there's not enough to the the storyline and plot um, to kind of lift it from just coming off as a bit simplistic. It, way too simplistic in places and and you've got mm. great performances yeah um but it's still following it does feel like there is a bit <sighs> of this kind of following yeah. and 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 i think the 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 a part of that has got to be and we discussed it on this program before you know mm. and, and what the squid games and that yeah um is people aren't actually getting that what people what one of the things that people really got parasite out there was the fact that it's it's not about the it's not about cinema it's about it's about music. It's about K-pop. 
yeah. and that yeah. love of, of of culture. I don't. Yeah. I don't think there's that 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 one is helping the other, but people are not mm-hmm. seeing. I I think it's 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 the the the, the omnipresence of K-pop yeah. and BTS yeah. who are yeah, yeah, now retiring for a bit now and they're doing their their their, their service. But, um, <laughs> they'll, they'll stop being sissy yeah, men then. <laughs> then, um, as a certain a certain person would put it, yeah. um, you know, it, 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 I, I think people are actually kind of missing out on the fact that what is, what a great part of that is, is being propelled by I, absolutely. music. No, no, yeah. I, absolutely. It's just the ongoing... And, in some ways, I think film is the least of it. I think yeah, music's at mm. the top, then TV. That's what I'm trying to. And yeah. then probably yeah. Korean food. Um, so not really Korean booze too much. Um, yeah, I think yeah. Korean films are, are down the bottom of the list of what's actually doing it. So you're, I mean, and you're right. It's that's a, a very large part of what pushed on Parasite. And you know, what, I mean, Squid Game was very high concept, but it also had you know, it kind of worked on different levels and stuff. But um, yeah, for for other ones, yeah, it's. It's a Korean culture wave, you know. It's not like a Korean cinema wave, uh, definitely. I mean, it's. I I don't think a lot of yeah. the other we're. Still, I mean, Korea is still continuing to churn out um, very large amounts of films uh, every year as they always do because you know they have a fantastic government su- sort of support structure, um, and mentoring structures, and production funding structures. But I actually think less films are making it out, uh, maybe certainly than they were in in the early two thousands, but. Uh, even compared to just sort of pre-COVID times. And a lot of them were coming out, whether it's just like DVD releases or uh, straight to streaming stuff. I actually think for films, not for TV, TV still, you know, going very, uh, very strong, but th- there's not many films which are actually making it out in a, in a, in a meaningful, yeah. in a very meaningful yeah. way. Uh, and, and I think... I mean, once in a... I, I just kind of... I mean, we should come on to this because mm. I think that, 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 you know, when we talk about some of the key releases of this yeah. year, yeah. you know, most of those are, particularly in the UK, <clears throat> have, have just come out on streaming. One I, cinema release I, I forgot to mention, mm. and I, think, I believe this was from our good friends, Modern Films, was mm. Return to Dust. Oh, of course. That's, that, yeah, that's true. Which was, a, was, was kind of making the circles of the festival film at sort of the tail end of last year, beginning of this year, and then... It did come out, but again, it did not in a particularly <laughs> meaningful I know, way. I know, I know the, even though I mean, did, it, and, and actually, most of the publicity flop. was about the the fact mm. that um, it it had proved very popular in mainland China, and then uh, yeah, that's gonna was, uh, that's very gonna quickly uh, pulled. Yeah, no, I I know that that completely flatlined as well uh, at the the box office. That was another complete no. I'm gonna say disaster because it wasn't exactly expensive, but. Um, yeah, that that was another another flop because, um, well, without putting too fine a point on it, it just wasn't targeted properly, mm. you, you know, to audiences. We saw, you know, you know, without getting into too, not saying anything positive or negative about it, some of the, some of the organisations and things that they were doing quite random posts with were were very very odd fits for the kind of audience, which would have worked for Return to. I don't think it would have been very popular anyway, to be honest, but. I think some of the people, some of the, some of the like the promotion. A film like that can break out and make an audience with the sort of lefty, tour, B- BFI, yeah, South yeah, Banky yeah. type, you know, tour it around, stuff with it. Yeah, it's a definitely. Yeah, there, there is not not a big audience, but there is there, there would have been a way to do a lot better with it. Uh, as I say, like even uh, the star, like a large part of this is just not so much the numbers themselves because we don't really know what they translate into in terms of deals. But even just as a vague reflection of how many people are actually seeing it, like nobody, nobody watched Return to Dust. You know, we we can say that quite, quite easily. The same as some of these Hong Kong films, nobody's watching. 
um, because if they did, there would be at least some other kind of spike for them. And these are films which are not really having you know streaming releases as well um, a lot of the time. And they, they probably will at some point. They'll or they'll go on Amazon. You know they'll be available via someone some. You know, like Curzon's play, Curzon player or something where you, you rent them for like 25 quid or something stupid like that. But, um, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's a shame. There really have not... There really have been very, very few other ones, East Asian films, which have actually made it into um, in, into cinemas. And, you know, we obviously... We have COVID as a major factor in that, both in terms of some slowing of production was well, mainly from China from other countries not mm. so much now but in terms of maybe UK um, cinema going habits I mean we know like foreign films foreign language films skew very heavily towards older uh, older audiences who have maybe not been so rushed to, to head back to cinemas and everything cost of living crisis I mean I've you know, ranted so many times about places like Curzon, like charging like twenty something a ticket in some cases and everything. You know, for their central London or or their Richmond cinemas, yeah, yeah. they're incredibly expensive. Picture House Central. I mean, would you, in this day and age, if you're, you're really going to be paying like eighteen twenty quid to to go and see, uh, you know, a film? I don't, I don't know. And maybe that's where the decision to leave is a is sort of slightly more immune because of the can factor. It, you know, it, yeah. it it's not a random watch for people. That that's for your sort of well-to-do guardian reader who let you know let's go and see let's go and see the big the you know the can success whether or not it's an asian film probably doesn't make any difference to them which is fine i'm not even saying that in like a bad way and stuff i mean that's kind of, that's why you know you get this can boost which kind of varies from year to year whether it actually boosts films but um something like decision to leave as well it's probably in a quite unique position just in that it made a huge amount of money in korea anyway so, you know, in, for the actual producers of the film, the actual film they, they're, you know, anything which they get from any deals internationally, it's just, not, it's more like the, the Korean culture boost and stuff there, yeah. you, know, product, you know, more profile boosting. I don't think the money internationally um, would, would matter as much, given that it's been a big success at home. So, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's been a poor, it's been a poor time. Yeah, for, yeah, for, and, for and that's kind of, yeah, the, the other major yeah the the key releases that we've we've had this year yeah um most of which have had little or no kind mm. of cinema presence whatsoever yeah um which include things like um warriors of future yeah that's um, a very good yeah. film um the roundup yes that's right it's, it's pretty good it's pretty good it's yeah. just getting confused with the first one i think we had to have a couple back and forth of fact checking on my review <laughs> because different places were just listing it in one way or the other and because it was the same people but yeah it wasn't pretty good though yeah, pretty which part two the other one which i also <laughs> haven't delved into that uh we have incantation mm. um satan slaves 2 or satan slaves communion i think is the, the other i think i think officially it's satan slaves communion, communion. yeah yeah that's good um uh i guess in there i mean it did like i did mention it before but we had hunt which was trying to build off of the lead stars uh, yes yes Jin Jung, um, uh, his uh, role in Squid Game, mm-hmm. but didn't really develop into anything. Which is, <laughs> no, it really didn't. That, that was another massive surprise. Not a very well thought out marketing campaign, to be honest. But there you go. Um, yeah, another festival films which we might see more of, um, uh, which uh, was uh, Nick Sohi, which I have to say I really, really, really love. But yeah. They do now. Again, 
Um, and, and in both Nexa Heat and Broker, was another film that, that screened at a few festivals. Um, yeah. They do in a place a, a police officer, uh, which is. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you, you wait years for Baydoon to, to play a police officer, and then you know two of them turn up at once. Yeah, much much better than Broker by by a long shot. Wow, well, um, no interest in Broker whatsoever. I did I did like Nick, so he didn't like it nearly as much as I liked Girl at My Door. But it's it's still it's still uh, it's a good film. Nick, so he it's just a bit narratively blunt. Um, yeah, I did. I don't. I don't mind that though. And no, I, no, I still enjoyed it. We, we, we talked about it in yeah. the past, and, and, and there's there there something strange about the the, the, the the kind of the repetition of it, yeah. rather than actually dealing with it all at one time and kind of flashback. But I do not mind that approach. I still I like no no I think I, I gave it a good four star review which I definitely st- stand by. Uh, I'd be I don't you know, I haven't of, heard anyone's got it for the UK, which I'm surprised by. Um, yeah, I would have think there would be enough about it to, to at least do some sort of limited release or a movie, a movie getting it or something for streaming. Um, maybe maybe they have and it's just not been properly announced. But but that's definitely that's definitely one of the it's got to be one of the the best Korean films of the uh, of, of the year, year. I yeah. think. I mean, yeah. I, I prefer yeah. I did prefer yeah. the Witch Part too, but um, that's but that's a more like a genre, you know, preference for genre. Um, you know as much as anything else because the, yeah. the, the witch part one is excellent the two of them are fun they're just it's a shame because of their stupid titles they, they probably don't get haven't been seen widely as you know they and it was quite a have. gap between them as well a big so, gap but, yeah it was random and, and sometimes the witch part one wasn't called the witch part true. one true that's also and true it was a bit unsure because it was I mean, the, the witch even, subvert yeah. one of them was called subversion yeah I think that's the first one wasn't it Jesus it was the witch sub- anyway but they're good, very good film uh, for a genre way and it's good to see you know they're still churning out those kind of films. Uh, you, you know, so hopefully we will see more of them and more of them getting. Or, you know, and if people are not cinemaing them, then just going to, um, going straight to streaming. Whether it's someone like Shudder or whoever picking them up for a genre platform. Um. So yeah, and speaking of genre, but not uh, another film that was doing rounds on the festivals. Shin Ultraman. <laughs> very a lot of fun. <laughs> That's a good film. I didn't see it. Is, is it. is it is it as as talky as Shin Godzilla? No, it's less talky than Shin Shin Godzilla. It's still it's still like a two hour film, which it really really shouldn't be, um, and it it does replicate a lot of the flaws of the those thing you know the actual series or the, or the films and stuff where you forget how talky they are, but it isn't as talky as Shin Godzilla. It is it it is more fun. I mean, I still like Shin Godzilla though, but I, this is better. This is actually. Creeping towards being good in a vaguely proper film way, and not just sort of nostalgia, kind of funny, updated with good special effects. I thought that that was a nice film. It's not not been in the UK though, has it at all? Sin Ultraman. Not that I know of. Not that I know of. No. So well, not in a meaningful way. Then at least we can say it's definitely not been released. I don't think it played at any festivals. Um, so in the UK, yeah. Yeah, in the UK, it's certainly because it, which is weird because it played so many others. Um, um, obviously, but it's that, that was a, that was a nice film. Man. It, it's good to see those kind of things still being, still being churned out. Uh, and there is obviously a, on the international festival circuit. There's still a lot of hunger uh, for those kind of genre. You know those sort of wacky genre ones and everything, which is quite cool. And I mean one other one that's that's making the rounds, um, and it's going to continue to make the rounds because I think it's going to be at Interfe- International Film Festival Rotterdam. Um, is uh, 
Now, I'm trying to remember what it's called now, but what <laughs> was Fear of Ambitions by Philip Young um, and had been ho- has been hovering uh, around for what, about four or five years now? Christ. Um, and when the wind blows? Now, where the wind blows. I think. Where so. the wind blows. When or when. when, when <laughs> where it's, when is when is the uh, the the thing ba- based on the uh, the um, the, the uh, um, cartoon animation? Uh, I believe. Where oh. the wind blows. I think is what it's called. Okay. But yeah, it's still one. I really want to see. That. I know. I know. Obviously, it's been re. I don't know if it was reshot, but it was re-edited. So um, no idea what version's playing. Uh, I doubt, I really want to see it. There's always a bit of trepidation knowing it's in a different version but i would still you know i'd still watch it anyway just just to just to see because it's another one where it was passed for everything and it was literally pulled on the on the day it was supposed to have screened uh, originally although a few a couple of years ago so it's yeah it's a shame it's still floating <laughs> floating around and we'll see if that you know it's not a great time for for festivals, uh, so just in terms of like the timing for the calendar and stuff, because it's played other ones, so it's not going to go to all of the major ones. Uh, so after Rotterdam, I mean, not Rotterdam's probably it's good that it's in Rotterdam, um, but you know that's a bit of a gap to get to London Film Festival. It's a bit of a you know yeah we're working just in terms of the festival calendar. Um, <laughs> if it gets through, we're probably some of the best, we're probably in the best position to try and play it. To be honest, because uh, you know, by the time it comes to like October for any of the other you know, the sort of UK festival season that's going to be way past day, unless somebody picks it up yeah. and releases it, of course, whether or not anyone sees it. But I, I think that would be, as far as uh, the director goes, he's got no track record. I mean, we both yeah. like Port of Call. Yes, yeah. That never, that's never come over here at No, that's at true. All. Yeah, true, at true. All, at all. Um, so kind of moving on, I mean, I think we, we've talked about a lot of the trends. So I think, see, yeah. The career is, is kind of still still a big thing. Um, you know, we talked about the fact that there's not much coming from mainland China um, at all. For, I mean, it's not going to be for, for, for the, obvious, for, or or for the foreseeable. I think. Yeah, I don't think you we're going to see much. Um, Few indies, there is maybe, a, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah, and and I mean, there's a in there, and I guess I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it is a, a mainland Chinese film. There's, of course, uh, the documentary about Hong Kong, Spring Seeing Hong Kong Again, oh, yes, um, yeah. which screened at Cannes and yeah. the won a Prague uh film festival. Um, yeah. although you won't find any uh, really much evidence <laughs> of that at all, it's amazing what you can find on, on the, <laughs> the internet. History, it seems, is not written by the winner but by the person with the best SEO. But yeah, we're not seeing much of, of, of stuff like that. I mean, no. is there anything else big on the horizon from... From mainland? I mean, the problem, the problem with mainland China is that people are not actually announcing films are coming out until the day they release them because they're too scared of them getting uh, cancelled. Uh, I know, I mean, there's that. I mean, the, the COVID thing's been such a massive thing as well. So um, I think we have a production shortage of films, uh, of com- mm-hmm. the kind of commercial films which have which had been, you know, to be honest, are pretty... Piss poor, but had been doing well at the Chinese box office pre, pre, and you know, a few years before running up to COVID, where they were starting to have less in the way of you know Hollywood films dominating the box office. There was a lot more very specific, um, CCP approved like local content. Um, but you know, production has been completely decimated there for the last while mm. due to COVID and stuff, and that's kind of coupled with very very unsure period for censorship there. Um, at the moment so people are so even like when I was doing some you know I was doing an article for Chinese New Year that there's nothing 
uh, apart from The Wandering Earth 2. That's the only one. Uh, th- and there will be other films coming for Chinese Year, definitely. They just won't announce they're coming out until a couple of days before. So they can try and rush into rush into cinemas r- rather than going through the... Going, it, I think it's a mixture of like the scrutiny and also, all it t- as we know, it just takes one cast member to... to Say on Weibo one tiny wrong thing about anything, and mm. then the film is is effectively banned. So yeah, um, yeah. It, it's a very it's a tough it's going to be very a tough and interesting period for for mainland cinema in the next next couple of years as they come out of COVID. I'm very interested to see if it just sort of tries to plow on with these kind of very local, uh, you know, local blockbusters, which which is completely fair enough. You, you know, they don't have any reliance upon international money because nobody cares about them outside China but whether or not they're going to stick to that or whether we're going to go back to where we were maybe like five eight years ago where they were trying to make films which would have some kind of international appeal or at least a, you know on, on the surface level to to try a bit of soft power through uh, global cinema I'll be interested to see where they go with yeah well I mean, that's, that's kind of shut off at the moment it is it is very very much in all sorts of ways yeah um, and at the same time I mean yeah he, Hong Kong cinema, we've, mm. uh, I mean, we've seen a lot of uh, documentaries this year. Um, yeah. Are we seeing too many? I think so. Um, I, I, okay, put it this way, from an audience perspective, I think so. From from a point of view of actual historical record, no, no, no. I, I think you can have, you could have, a, you could never have too many. It's just as a point of historical record of actually, you know, cataloging events. I think that it's incredibly important. To have all these films existing from a commercial point of view for audiences, yeah, that definite oversaturation, and that's just down to I, I think, you know, we had a couple of sort of very big, quite big sort of successes, and then of or at least for like one or one off screenings or like you know where you yeah. or you get then yeah. they suddenly sort of bulge into like 10 screenings all sold out, which was great, but then that kind of the knock on effect was some distributors coming a bit late to the game. Uh, picking mm. stuff up and releasing and finding by then people had, you know, not moved on. But I think a lot of these films have very quickly become available o- online through, you yeah. know, not, I don't want to say dodgy channels because they're being put out. It's not piracy. It's just making them available for, because yeah. that's the point for these things is to actually get a message out there and to be seen. So um, in terms of what they actually are, I, I, you know, it's great. I, I think the more, the more you have a cataloging of what's this kind of time in Hong Kong's history uh, and this sort of, well, what's unfortunately a transition, um, the, the, the better it is. Whether, you know, history can judge later whether some of them are too one-sided or, or whatever. But commercially, yeah, I, I don't think there's too much of an audience left for these films. I think special screenings of things is a great idea. Uh, mm. Tying in with universities and, you know, certain uh, cultural bodies is, is a great thing. But... As a commercial concern, I, I think that's that wave is kind of peaked. I think you could yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. And outside of that, what we're seeing, I think it's very much affected by, again, it's affected by the situation. That, yeah. that you know, we're seeing dramas and... Ro- romantic comedies. sports films. And <laughs> <that>. <laughs> True. Uh, yeah. Sports yeah. underdogs and, yes. <laughs> yeah, there, there's, not, there's not much good coming. Um, and I mean, some of these films are, are fine, but whether we're talking about stuff like Far, Far Away or uh, Table, I mean, Table of Six, all these films are fine, but they're, they're just classic sort of very middle-of-the-road films about 
people being nice and, and everything. Mm. And there's nothing wrong with that, but that we're, we're not seeing variety. In it. And I think that's why... Yeah, apart from the very occasional... The very occasional. Like Warriors of Future, you know. Oh, great like film, it. great film. Surprisingly, <laughs> surprisingly, a great, genuinely a great film. I wish I'd been able to see it in the cinema because the special effects are... You know, like when The Wandering... I'm not going to digress too much, but when The Wandering Earth came out, like the effects were were great, but they were great by like China standards. Uh, Warriors yeah. of the Future effects are genuinely fantastic. I mean, I mean, they're not like Avatar level, but they're really, really good. Um, glad it's on Netflix, but would have loved to have seen it in the cinema. Um, would it have sustained a release? No, no, very, almost certainly not, but it's a surprisingly very good film and not very long either. So anyway, but yeah, the, you're right. It's only the very occasional film which sort of steps outside of that <sighs> nice, genre the genre of nice or whatever we'd call it and you know as we know ourselves there's really not much coming up uh you, you, i mean there isn't actually physically many films coming and they're all pretty much in that bracket uh so far and unless there's something's going under the the radar and there's still lots of ones which just haven't appeared like um old sons of the neon night uh so soy chang's new no, film about yeah. kowloon walled city whatever it's going by now it's gonna be interesting to see if that comes out mm. uh, i've not heard it's not but it, it finished production a good few months ago so it's probably still in post-production but mm. um depends depends entirely what tack they take with it i mean limbo did make it out but that got out just before you know all the problems with yeah uh, all the problems were happening so i'll be very interested to see what what happens uh with where i think it was, it was just called something about walled city but um you know because he's you know he's a great director so we'll see but yeah very un, very uncertain time coming for Hong Kong cinema. Very hard to actually finance productions now um, over yeah. there. So we, we you know, hope, as we know, is, you know, for, for our love of Hong Kong cinema and focus Hong Kong, fully support young filmmakers. You know, we, we never want to sound like those kind of uh, old... Uh, old old white dudes who who just who demand Hong Kong cinema is basically what it was in the eighties or nineties and stuff like that. I mean, we've screened a lot of. There's been some really great stuff before, you know, like Jenny's drifting and whatnot and everything. Yeah. So there's still really really great talented filmmakers or that. You know, I really like that. You drinks to uh, memories and drinks choking and whatever oh, it was. Yes, great yeah, film. Memories to choke on. Yeah, no, 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 whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. Great film. There's still lots. There is a huge amount of talented young Hong Kong filmmakers and stuff and. Uh, it's not we don't have any ownership or right to say you know Hong Kong cinema should be what it was you know this kind of eighties and nineties or you know, like infernal affairs even or anything like so it's completely recognise that but it's just a fact that there's very very little actually being made or coming out even in Hong Kong yeah so we'll see I think to we I think to kind of stick with that because that mm. that kind of neatly takes us into kind of. Uh, the next topic but mm. you know the the you know we don't want to sound like those old guys but actually that at the moment <laughs> all those that sort of the the, the golden mm. era of the 80s and 90s um, you know and just into the noughties with Infernal Affairs is um, it's, it's, it's doing very well in terms of home entertainment it is True. finding a massive True. audience and it's, it's part one of the kind of bolsters of what we're seeing <sighs> resurgence from um of, of of home media and uh, and actually kind of we can kind of relate that back to some of those other releases we're talking about from movie mm. it's interesting to see that some of those are actually not that far away like decisions to leave are coming out on blu-ray and yeah yeah true. And stuff like that. Yeah. you know not that that long away mm. um so there is this this weird thing of actually what was almost felt like it was kind of disappearing suddenly 
we're getting all these deluxe sets. I was, I was chatting um, uh, with someone who's kind of is involved in the the, the mm. home media industry. You know, kind of talk about what what is behind this, and it does seem like it's it's the UHD format because yeah, it's so expensive that distributors realise that they've got to make each if they're going to put something out and it's going to be a good like thirty pounds or whatever. Yeah, for for a film that's been available like a million and one times, that this has got to be the ultimate. Absolutely, which is which is yeah. fair enough. You want to be able to kind of get the ultimate format and go, okay, I'm but, going to get rid of my laser disc. I'm going to get rid of my DVD. <laughs> I'm going to get rid of my Blu-ray. I'm going to get rid of my VHS. I'm going to get yeah. rid of my but it's, uh, VCD. But, it's, but I guess with these ones, at least uh, I don't know. I mean, just in terms of what the human eye can perceive and see, like 4K is already you can't see 4K properly. So, yeah. but you know, I've got my. You know my big TV, you know my OLED TV stuff, and I've got the you know been playing and watching some of the UHD things, and it is amazing. Like the, the jump up for Blu-ray is pretty big, but I can't see there would be another jump up um, unless we start getting eye implants or something. Um, but at the same time, you absolutely you know to pers- both to persuade people and to make people think almost like this is the end game, this is the ultimate visually this is the ultimate for this you know if it's been remastered if it's now in 4k uhd then visually it's it's not really going to get much better uh, unless someone's done a piss poor job of of just putting it on uhd which some of them are to be fair you, there, there is a yeah. big difference in some which are you know in the same way with blu-ray some of them were just basically the dvd so um but yeah for you absolutely like putting together like a package of stuff so you actually think you're buying something for your library or something, you know, that kind of yeah. thing where you've yeah, got so all Yeah, so we're getting extras. major releases. We've got, yeah, particularly um, in the UK, we've got uh, Master Cinema, Eureka, putting yeah. out all those films. We've mm. got um, Arrow, who are doing things. They're doing lots of uh, Japanese films, but, yeah, particularly their, their Shul Scope volumes. <laughs> Shul Scope volume oh, two. And as, as I, I heard yesterday, and I hope I'm not going to get any trouble for any spoilers here, but... Um, there is a volume three and a volume four um, that are going to be coming out, and the selection there is going to be a lot less fighty fighty and a lot more uh, obs- obscure, which would be nice because we've seen all those yeah. films before. Yeah, we, I mean, we love a lot, lot, there's some great films in the first couple of volumes, like like King Boxer and Thirty Six Chamber of Shadows and so on. But yeah. we they have been released and released and released. Yeah, we've got eighty eight films doing all sorts of various mm. kind of editions of Jackie Chan films and yeah. uh, Seventh Curse came out at last and That's I still funny. I am still actually a bit a bit miffed that they didn't ask me to get involved in either writing the essay or <laughs> um, uh, you know being involved in audio commentary or being interviewed considering that I've been championing that film for about a decade <laughs> um, and getting a decent release of it you know and, and sort of Criterion who are releasing some of their films um, in the UK, which is including Film yeah, Affairs, yeah. but didn't include their release of the 4K of Rouge. So they're kind of picking Bizarre. It, it doesn't make which ones sense. they do and don't, you know. Um, and in the US... Uh, and so we, we've got this interesting thing where some of these films are being released by Eureka, like Running Out of Time 1 and 2 yeah. in the UK, and they're being released by um, Arrow in the US. In the uh, US, not sure. Yes, yes. Okay. Being okay. in the US, and it's actually the same version, but just because, the, yeah, the, the distribution doesn't want it released by the same company in two territories. Um, Screen Factory, which I know you've been working with. Uh, Shout Factory. Jack, Shout Factory. <laughs> <laughs> They're releasing a lot of yeah. Jackie Chan stuff. 
Whoop, whoop. Mm, hooray. Yeah. Oh, no, I mean, hooray. <laughs> yes. I love hooray. It. Yes. I, I love Jackie Chan. I love Jackie Chan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it is, it is, it is, it is kind of bizarre. It seems to have come yeah. back. I, mean, I don't know what the the full figures are, but you know, lots of people are saying that it's it's become very healthy again. Um, I do think, and I, we might have we might have spoken about this on the podcast mm. before, but there is there's a certain. It might be a quite a there might be getting good sales for this, but it's still quite a niche audience of people who are buying these editions. And I think yeah, when yeah. it comes to Asian cinema. I do worry about the the age group, you know, because they're all our age, yes. you know, yeah, or, yeah. or even older, and you know, they're, they're they're not they're not feeling so well. Um, no, no, that's they're true. probably they're probably buying these editions because they can't remember they've just just bought it like, or they, a few minutes ago. Yeah, or or, or they're the, the ones who are just happy to own, you know, several copies of something, so they can they'll actually compare them to see how they hold up. Or this one's got a different audio quality, you know. I, I, yeah, but absolutely. It is, it is it's this, very it is, niche. Very niche. It is, and I, it, it, you know, and I to make a kind of joke about it, but you know that 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 audience is kind of dying out, and I don't feel like these films. Mm. And some of them could. I think some of them could find new audiences, but I don't feel like anybody's making the effort. No, to there's try no, absolutely. No, no, I completely agree to, with to, you. To kind of reach younger audiences and and bring them in in the same way, where I think you do with the with some parts of classic cinema. And again, we kind of that will be what we'll talk about next. But mm. um, there is a bit more of an effort to to bring people up to speed. Although I think yeah. that's being shaken about a bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for people to appreciate Billy Wilder and Hitchcock and yeah. actually, yeah, some of the some of those directors who actually did make great films. No, yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree with agree with all of that. And it's yeah. So it's I don't I, I don't know I, yeah, I mean it, it's it, you know, one hand level it is great news for, for, for home media. Um on another I mean, just the way again, it's the kind of promotional aspects of it. It's even it's not trying to find a new audience. So we are finding this stuff is, yeah. it's just not, um, it it they're not they're, they're not. It's it's if you know you know, and if you don't know, well, you've missed out on the limited edition slip days. I think basically, which no, is, I agree, I agree. It's it's a shame because yeah, it's just not, it's not sustainable um, in that respect because. Well, yeah, whether it's an age thing or or, or just people, there, there has to be a point where somebody's got 10 copies of, you know, an old Jackie Chan film and they've got it up to UHD and everything and then, or one of the other ones, like, and it's, and it's great. I think it is very good that they actually put the effort into these things because there's, it's not, no, no, educational is the wrong word, but there is, there is a definite sort of angle for, for actually putting enough stuff because a lot of the things, you know, as, you, as you'll know, when you're researching some of this stuff, because we, you know, we've both been working on commentaries and things like that. But a lot of these things, films are surprisingly very little actually written out there, and there's almost and there's even less of it which has actually been brought together in one place. So I, yeah. I, I think there's definite value in in doing that. But even so, you have to. There has, there's going to be a ceiling where where there's, you know, especially since people like us do such uh, fantastic jobs of like covering everything. <laughs> no, no, joking aside, well, there, there is, know, there's also, a limited amount I mean, to be fair, that's that's too. what Eastern Kicks was was invented for. Was about yeah. you know, I've always I've always wanted it to be a, a site about bringing new people or bringing people who've seen a few films to yeah. actually kind of appreciate. I mean, my original tagline was, well, "Okay, you've seen Crouching Tiger. Well, this is where it all came from," kind of thing. You know, absolutely. That, that yeah. was that. You know, that well, that one. You know, and that worked back in two thousand and two when the site started. You know, because uh, yeah. they're still fresh. Yeah. No, it's, it's, but, a, it's a noble, a noble attitude. 
uh, indeed towards it. But yeah, it's how you, at the moment, yeah, there, there, as you say, there's no effort being made to try and push these to, not, not even to just younger audiences, but more diverse audiences in any way. I mean, they're just, they're preaching them to the choir, to the converted, you, you know, which is fine, you know. And it is great, I think, that these the releases are, are, are being done. I think it's, it's great to have these more exhaustive additions, which actually pull stuff together. Um, mm. And that's why, you know, I was kind of joking before, I said people add them to their library, you know, to an extent. Yeah, you, you're buying like an audio-visual audio package. And some of these ones, they are, they're dredging up some quite interesting like archive footage, archive interviews, and new stuff recorded by guys like us, essays written by guys like us, video interviews. So you're getting, you're getting pretty much, there's no other sort of sources of, complete sources of information for some of these films. So these, yeah. I think it's great that they are coming together um, in that way, but it would be much nicer if it was all, if it's, it, there's no gatekeeping or only pitching it towards some audience. There just isn't any pitching it to audiences yeah. in that respect. It's just they, they know a certain groups of people will just buy these. And if they do another one in two years, they'll probably buy them again and, and, and so on and so forth until they, you know, they, they, they depart this mortal plane. You know, But it's a shame. I don't know the answer to it, but it would be great if we were seeing more ways to sort of engage younger audiences Um with these films um mm. you know because then it, 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 it is always like a bit of a not a concern but a bit of a shame that especially where there's martial arts stuff and everything like so much of the audience is yeah the old the older generations and the older and more sort of slightly more well-off generations who can afford to buy these big editions um and everything because they're not you know you, you you know they're they're absolutely full of features and everything but they're not you know they're not cheap or anything by any means so uh, it does feel like it's kind of reinforcing, re reinforcing the audience, not on purpose, but you know that's kind of a side effect of it, I think. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe the kids will start. I don't know. Some influencer or whatever will do a TikTok video, and <laughs> who knows, man? I don't know. Whatever the kids do these days. <laughs> so that kind of brings us neatly along to the Sight and Sound Critics Poll. <laughs> The top 100 greatest films of all time. Mm. Uh, full disclosure, I am one of the people responsible for this, so don't hate me, okay? <laughs> or at least I think I am. As far as I know, my vote was accepted, but I, they haven't actually released the... Did, the, did they, the do they, I, so what do they do? Do they ask? They get in touch and ask you to vote on it? or They ask you to vote. Now, I, maybe we, I mean, we can get into the results of this. Yeah. I, they, what they don't do... They basically just kind of ask you for... for, for Oh, but they can't. They, they, they contact you specifically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I get you to fill out a form mm. um, uh, with your votes and comments and whatever. What they don't do is they don't actually kind of give you any guidance on what they're looking for when they talk about greatest, because right. it is quite a right. subjective, sub subjective thing. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, you think about it in this way: there are films that are your absolute favourite films. I'm going to put that on all the time. There are films that uh, you think. Um, uh, that you respect, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, you know, for what they do. There are films that you think are are incredibly influential, mm -hmm. um, and you know, for some people, there are films that you want to put on that list because uh, you think they're the cool films to put on. Otherwise, yeah. you're not a real um, yes. film critic. Or, or, um, or, or you know, yeah, before yeah. we kind of get into to the, the kind of selection, I mean, I, I will be completely honest in terms mm. of. Um, you know, as somebody who ha you know is 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 trying to have a career as a critic, mm -hmm. if I'm going to put my list in, it's going to be 
Um, and I'll kind of come on to this in a bit later as why I think you, you're never going to get anything concisive about this. Um, mm. And the more people you ask, the less it's... You're gonna, never going to get any kind of consensus. It's, yeah. it's, it gets worse. But, you know, you're, you're going to pick some things that you know will be on that list so that yeah. at least not all your votes are completely invisible when it mm. says, okay, this was voted for by X, Y, and Z. Yes. Um, so, you know, there is a bit of a game in here. You know, mm. maybe that's not the greatest thing. But, you know... Uh, there are ways of being guided towards what they think. Mm -hmm. Now, also, um, I think a big factor uh, in what 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 comes across is I'm not sure um, how many critics are asked from across the world. I don't know how this works. Right. Okay. Um, and again, you know that that information once that's released on the uh, on the BFI's website will be a bit more obvious. Yes. Um, I'm presuming most of them are uh, you know, are are uh, speaking English. You know, probably as a first language. True. Yeah. Um, so in a sense, we're getting these cultural shifts, but they don't title it the top 100 greatest films of all time as voted for by mainly British-based film mm -hmm. critics. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, there there is this kind of thing. So, I mean, let's talk about. The selection, because I know you've got some 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 views on this, and I don't necessarily disagree with with some of your views, but mm -hmm. um, it was interesting to see uh, some things. You know, we, we the, the 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 big headline was the the jump for uh, from uh, the film being now number one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so taking taking your time, find find the note, read the if you can get. Well, the yes, I was trying to find where it was. So uh, in the twenty twelve. <laughs> Um, survey it was at number 36 and it's leapt to number one which is the film by uh, Chantal Ackerman uh, yeah. Jean Delman 23 Quad de Commerce 183 Brazil um, <laughs> from 1975 um, and I have to say I, I haven't seen that film I haven't, um, I've not seen but, it either. but there's been a lot of um, and this is why yeah, I mean I, I don't want to sound I, I, I don't want to sound in any way shape or form dismissive because I do think yes. What we see here um, in particular is there is a big shift for films, um, you know, by film, uh, by women filmmakers and mm -hmm. by black filmmakers, which is absolutely great. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, yeah. And alongside that, I mean, I know you, you're a bit, um, you know, unhappy that there's a lot of the same names that we're seeing, but uh, there is there is some shifts around mm -hmm. um, uh, with Asian films in the, mm. the lineup as well we've seen um uh one car ways in the move for love shoot up about 20 places to number five um you know meanwhile yeah the which which Vertigo. version of which version of it is it <laughs> no no i mean I'll, you don't I'll, get to know you don't get no, to no, on which version you I'll watch get on it. no no i mean i'll get on but i mean that that it's just a facetious comment but it ties well, into about ashes of time uh, well <laughs> but if someone voted for ashes of time would they specify but anyway that but it ties back you don't specify which version. it ties back to what you to an extent it ties just very briefly ties back to what you were saying that there's not that much guidance um which i've seen other people saying as well so in the mood for like a one car way remaster um some of them are wildly different uh, in terms of the look, the audio, the edit, and everything, so you could be talking about a fairly different film. Anyway, th th I mean th yeah. that's just just a side point which ties into what you were saying before. Sorry. I mean, I, so I mean, we also with Wonka Way, uh, Chunk Game Express is now on the list, which wasn't before, and there mm -hmm. are some there are some additional, um, particularly East Asian films here. Mm -hmm. um, I think you know the side we we've always yeah we we 
we tend to always start with East Asian rather than Southern Asian, so we're not yeah, gonna really true. talk about that. Yeah. Um, so we've got we've got a couple of Studio Ghibli films kind of making the list now. We have Spirited Away and My Neighbor's Story. They weren't in the list before. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got Tropical Malady uh, mm. coming in. Um, it was kind of hilarious. I did find it hilarious and actually quite predictable that suddenly Parasite um, is on the list. <laughs> you know, and and it's kind of like, well, <sighs> okay, but and, and I almost thought to myself, if the if the survey had been any later, we'd probably have seen Decision to Leave on the list as well because it's those are the yes, sort of films yeah, that people would vote absolutely. for. Completely. Um, but it's like, no, that's not Bong Joon Ho's best film. That's not Park Chan Wook's best film. Why would you yes um, vote for that? So you know. I think, you know, and I've got to say, I'm probably responsible for a bit of some of these placements. What we are seeing, I think, mm. um, I mean, it's some kind of real kind of messing up and, and down with some of this, but we've got these new films that have, have, have appeared. Um, some of them, uh, you know, not the best choices, I think, you know, not yeah. the best examples from even the, the kind of filmmakers that, that, that have been picked, but just a lot of kind of shifting around... Um, and we are seeing, I know we are still seeing um, Ozu and Kurosara and um, uh, Mizuguchi on there, you know. No, and no. actually, interesting, though, those ones are being pushed down. And I thought it was a bit ironic, actually, that Rashomon got pushed way down the list. Yeah, that's uh, right. Into the 40s, mm-hmm. considering that that's the next. Uh, uh, cinema release for one of the next ones for, for BFI is putting probably, that out they're probably not that big. cinemas around yeah, they're not best pleased about that I'm sure but uh. <laughs> oh, but, I, but I do think I mean the, the trouble is so I know I, I, that in 2012 they pretty much doubled the amount of lists of people they were asking yeah that's right 800 yeah. and for this one 2022 they actually nearly doubled it again to 1,600 yeah it's crazy yeah, that's a lot of people. I don't know, and I, I, I've seen some things where the people are getting really annoyed, like, who are they asking? Why aren't these films in there? But that's that argument in itself is never going to work. No, because no, it's no, like no, Tara no, Babel. Yeah. The yeah, more yeah. people you ask, the less likely you are, especially in a world where actually largely access to film has never been easier. Mm. Um, you're never going to get a consensus, and actually, what you're going to see is there's going to be less and less of a consensus. I think what's interesting is that in terms of the kind of old school film criticism, there has actually been a bit of a shift mm. away from some of that. It's still there, but it's all getting pushed down a bit. Yeah. And I think you've got this little Venn diagram where there might be just the only films that, that are in common mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Um, and I've, you know, for me is, you know, partly because, okay, well that, that film would be in my, my, my top, 20 my top 100 mm-hmm. um, but I don't want to be completely invisible I, I know no no no, no no completely you, there's no point in cast I mean you know putting Event Horizon in there for example mm-hmm. and you know it, <laughs> it just disappears like Sam Neill scream into the ether you know no I, I, I absolutely there's no point it, it's a that's why I, I think it's, it's it a, is it is it starts I think it, it, what it does prove is it in, in some ways it's kind of not really massively fit for purpose unless it's, uh, exactly you know, what, 100%. What, it's it's a, you know I'm fine you could you could start to stipulate what they could be harsh about who those critics are and, and what credit credit credibility they need to have but is that the right way to go no I mean it's is a, it is it better to to give people better guidance on what they're looking for is it better to actually split some of these lists up into different sorts of lists mm. i think what would you know it might be one interesting exercise would be to see what what is the next 
what is the next hundred? Yeah, yeah. That we, would be we, where things start to open up because one. I know uh, most of my list was isn't on here, and I knew that most sure. would yeah, be. I'm not surprised. But, yeah. I, but, but, but knowing that, that's why I made a few choices that would, you know, again, which is fair I, enough. Yeah, which is fair enough. But I no, I, I the whole it's just. I think if you take a step back from it and everything like that, let's be honest, film criticism, sight and sound, everything to do with BFI has largely lost any revel- relevance. Rather, um, It certainly is not seen by or, or respected by or known by as many people. This is, an ex- this is I think, largely an exercise in clickbait. I have, yeah. to, I have to be honest. I, I, I think sight and sound, I mean, it was... I don't know if that was something to that public knowledge, but it was on the verge of going under you know, recently and everything. And it's, it's just not what, this kind of film, the film, it, it, for, for quite a long time in general, Sight and Sound has been walking a very fine line between sort of old school, you know, like Pauline Kael style, like film criticism and championing what the BFI is screening, <laughs> to be honest. And then being sort of guardian snark, guardian reader snarky about some commercial films. Um, and then just having like, very, very long articles on whatever director of the BFI is doing that month. So it's been a long time and, since and, they've and had the, the relevance. The, the quality of those articles, I mean, I, I, I haven't read it for, for a while. But, Neither have I, yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it, again, it's, it's, it's very mixed on what, what sort of audience they're looking for. Yes. You know, yes. Something, something written by Kim Newman, you know, you're always going to be on to a, a good thing. It's yeah, well, yeah, of course. Well-researched. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, but some of the articles they were getting really were making very tenuous links I'm not yes. about the article or no, whatever, no, but tenuous things in terms of, of television in terms of the points they were trying to make and yeah. they, they read a bit like um, uh, I don't want to sound terrible here but they read a bit like a um, uh, uh, um, a, an academic coming out of a no, absolutely. course Can, but, couldn't agree you know, more. but that's not the same thing as an actual proper yeah. Um, edited magazine, even if it is a Absolutely. magazine, um, you know, no, it's it a film critics magazine. I've um, aimed at sort of cineats. No, I completely, um, com- completely, completely agree with everything you're saying, and that's the problem here is that it's sight and sight and sound is putting forward, you know, what they're saying. You have two ways of looking at it. I mean, they're putting forward like what they say is a definitive list of the, the top ten. The top hundred, rather, in you know, a film, best films of all time. They know fine and well that's incredibly passive aggressive language, which goes, yeah. It, yeah, it, yeah, that, yeah. and that's why it's clickbait. This is not ten years ago. It's not ten years before that where this kind of that language had smoothed over. But this at the moment is it, it's they, they, that's why I'm calling it clickbait because they they yeah. know there. When was the last time Science Sign was genuinely considered as like a bastion of critical film criticism? You know, we're we're not we're not even in the time of like Caius de Cinema. I mean, it's. Uh, the people who actually buy sight and sound versus the people who've got an opinion on the sight and sound poll. I mean, you're going to have like 10 people who read it and then hundreds of thousands of people who have clicked on the article to see about it. So that, that, that's and, the purpose and also of the that's a, that is a, a real shift away from, you know, I mean, that, that's part of it as well, that, that this has been very much done as an online campaign. Exactly. Whereas exactly. that, like in 2012, that kind of existed. In 2002, it yeah. didn't exist. Exactly. You know, when they started exactly. it, I mean, they, and they, you know, just good at context, they started in 1952. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously, it was the magazine. Yes. It wasn't, yes. you know, it, but there wasn't any of this stuff, was, none completely. of this was going on uh, at all. Uh, yeah, completely. Um, so they, so it, they know what is, they're doing. They know what they're doing with this. When they, you put it out there with a, now that language is, the language used around it is, they know, and they also, they know 100% fine and well that certain people are going to get their backs up about seeing. Anything considered to be diverse, or you know, the 
you know, they hated word woke or anything like that. They know fine well there's going to get more clicks for them because they're they're going to push. They, I don't even think so. You know, I've seen some people saying this is agenda led. I don't think it's that. I, I just think it's clickbait. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, think yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. Good, trying to get. They know this was a cheap and easy way to get attention for it. And the other yeah, thing they know yeah. is that what you're seeing now is that where I suppose they've succeeded is a very large number of people who voted and are sharing it online and saying, I voted in the sight and sound poll. And so everyone's oh, you know, you can't escape it now. It's, it's still yeah. still going on all the time. And they know that as well. That's the, that's the reason they open it up. It's not because they're looking for more. They, they open it up for diverse voices in a, in a slightly cynical way. And they open it up because they'll get, it makes sense, they'll get people to, you know, to share it. That's, to, I mean, that's, that's kind of the, the point. It's, it's diverse, but it's it, depending on who they're going to. It's not going to be that diverse. And probably not um, going to be that diverse. You know, not 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 you know, not in real terms. Not you know, if you want something, if you want something that's global, then you yeah, get an equalish amount of critics from all over. Uh, absolutely. The world make sure, and then see, and then see what happens. Absolutely, and, and, and that would be. And that's why they have that's this. That's, and that's why the the, the calling the greatest films of all time, the hundred films of all time, is very passive aggressive gatekeeping. Um, yeah. Well, it's, it's that disguised as clickbait. I keep saying clickbait over and over again, but that, that's the same. Either way, it's clipping, not clipping. click, click, click. And I did click it as well. God, <laughs> I probably did. I clicked on it a few times as well. So they, you know, they win. At the, end the press of the, release they, as well. So I oh, I did. Those. That's yeah. true. I read the press. Oh, so and I clicked on a few. So they win at the end of the day. They they, 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 they've created a debate. Will it result in more people buying sound and sound? No. I doubt it. To be honest, it, it's. It's not what it used to be, but the list, I mean, the list itself is just, it's, they know, it's such a hard thing not to get dragged into being annoyed about, and they know that, exactly, mm. they 100% But it is, it is absolutely impossible to get any kind of consensus, and the more there is out there, the more wild choices, I mean, last time, they haven't released the, the, the what, how many votes each film's got, but yeah, That's by the right, time yeah. you get to the sort of the, the late 90s, there are about 17 votes for mm, some of those mm, films. Mm. So you can imagine some of the ones that I voted for might be have one or two votes if I'm lucky. Exactly, yeah. might be just off it, you know. Or you know, as you said before, I completely agree. I think that's that's will be, be in some ways more interested to see like one hundred to two hundred. You know, see yeah, what films are getting. Yeah. That's where you might actually start discovering stuff. Uh, like yeah. intro, that's where you think, oh, great, you know, uh, Mr. Haskins, who we know he's like into his like Jackie Chan films and stuff. He's recommended this one, or Kim Newman. Oh, there's an obscure seventies horror film. Great, I, you know, I know that's going to guide me to go and watch that. Yeah. There's a lot of value more in that rather than the, I mean, this top 100, which is still mostly the same films. It is not the same. Well, like I say, it's all kind of, it's, it's shifted. Just jig, jig, it, it's jiggers shifted. around a bit. But yeah. Is there any value or difference in, oh, this has gone from like 40 to, to 53? I mean, does anyone, anyone you know, I can't the see what The other direction, I think, is, is, more, is more poignant. I think... Um, yeah, it's the upward. It's the upwards. I mean, yeah, and that's I think why the downwards is just you know stuff getting just kind of leak probably you know just pushing it down. It's... But that, that film number one. I mean, interestingly, uh, just... I mean this is not not connected to Asian film. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Blade Runner's gone up. Kind of randomly. And how many of these are going? I mean, I think <laughs> another thing which ties into Asian cinema, I guess, is the visibility and accessibility um, of so mm. many of these films and. You know, now we we have this film whose name I, I can't remember, number one, um, which I, I don't see how people have seen it. Janine Delman, yeah. Yeah, because it's not it's not available. 
I mean, it's because you said it's going to become available because big surprise BFI will start making it available. Yeah, that's they're, a shock. They're doing some screenings and it's big shock there. Right? Very, yeah. very surprised that that you know <laughs> something BFI turned out is you know. Anyway, that's that's just my cynicism talking. But you know, we it, there's such a weird skew within this of films where I genuinely and I've seen loads and loads of people sharing their top ten. I haven't seen I've seen maybe one or two who've who've put that film in there. And I don't. It's not you know being a good film or a bad film. It's just, it's not an accessible film. Where are people seeing it? Are they watching it on? I haven't checked if it's on YouTube, but you know, what, and what's the difference? Like people are seeing this in the cinema. People are seeing this on their laptop. People are, you know, sitting around with a few friends and what you know. There, there's nothing, and you. I mean, as you said before, you can't. You can never get that level of like detail where everything is consistent across the board for how people view it, what version they see, etc. It's it's not possible, but it's you know I, I, I haven't seen the film so I don't take an issue with it yeah, but yeah. I, I find it bizarre that a film which you can't watch has come out at number one that just seems like a bit of shithousing as much as anything like oh, this film is wonderful oh great let's go and watch it <laughs> you can't do that you should have been in, you should have been at this festival in Poland in 78 where we all watched it together and we drank you know. <laughs> it's, it's that you know it's nonsense and we have you have a mixture uh, for some of these new stuff, which is really, really obscure stuff. Um, and then just stuff which is new. And, and I'd guess the, the new part, for, for you know, one car Y stuff doing better, is probably based on the restorations yeah, you know, yeah. coming out. And uh, yeah, I think with the Asian, the East Asian stuff, um, that, that's kind of my problem. Not problem, because you know, this is, it's, this is a, a folder all, the whole thing. But it's, it's still a lot of other. Uh, sections, segments of cinema from different uh, different groups um, are, are bringing in new films, are really shifting new films, whereas East Asian stuff is still it's Kurosawa, it's Wong Kar Wai. You know, there's, there's such a very, very limited number of things, which just says to me that they're not reaching out to, uh, as you said, whether it's people across the world or people from different segments uh, and everything like that. So for, for East Asian cinema... You know, we love Wong Kar Wai, not Kurosawa's biggest fan, and I don't like Ghibli because, you know, I'm too old to watch cartoons. Um, you know, but you know what I mean, though? It's it's just such a... it's I put And I'd put them in the same bracket as I'd put, say, Hitchcock or something like that. They're, they're already a completely established... They, they've kind of... It's not saying they're not East Asian cinema, but they are... So they've transcended that like a long time ago. Yeah, they, they've been yeah. like, you know, critics' favourites, Guardian readers' favourites. They've been critical darlings, festival darlings, the world over for so long. There's nothing in there which is actually digging into East Asian cinema. And if, we're, uh, if you're actually looking at the, the best hundred films of all time, it, there's such a very, very, very small um, representation of the diversity and sort of broadness of East Asian cinema whether it's across different genres, countries, filmmakers, etc. It's just entirely focused on, on a handful of names who everybody's heard of. And that's probably just, just because, um, you know, we, we're in a, when we deal with East Asian Centre, we're always in this odd position of calling something a niche, where it's not a niche, it's a niche for us in the UK. But, you know, these are films which are all over the world for different countries, everybody else has seen them, but over here there's still a niche. So people are not aware of so many of these films so okay well maybe we'll, we'll just put you know in the mood for love in there still a great film uh it, it's great to see it in there but it just doesn't feel like there, there's been any kind of deep dive into it unless as you say when we get to if we get to see 100 to 200 i'd wager that's where we'd start seeing a lot more 
of these films. That's why I think it would be quite interesting, and I, I don't yeah. think they'll 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 do that exercise. But I'd be surprised. I think, but it would be. I think it would be really interesting, you know. And actually, probably somebody will, um, will go through the list once the critics are, are up there and actually try and someone do something. Yeah. To get, yeah. I'm sure we're, we're, we'll see more analysis, and that's again where certain time win. To be honest, because this is what, well, whether or not they've actually brought in more subscriptions, um, I don't know. But in terms of getting the name out there, I mean, I can't remember the last time I mean, you actually talked to anything about Sight and Sound. Or, I don't even know this poll was coming up. So it's... No, I'd forgotten about it completely until... And it's such a weird, arbitrary year as well. Like, two, you know, like 2002, 2012, 2022. It's just not, it's, you know, it's kind of nonsensical. Other. Anyway, anyway, I mean, I. It's, it's the kind of. I hate it just because I've spent too much time thinking about it, talking about it, ranting well, about it. You've it, done it now. You've done it click, now. I know. I'm just, I'm just, it, my, my reaction has been a reaction. I mean, we can kind of close on that by saying that my reaction of calling it clickbait but not being able to stop myself talking about it or looking at the results, analyzing it, is exactly what the. the That's what I wanted. Yeah. And we've seen so many other It's people. a trap! It's a trap! <laughs> but we've seen a lot of people going into... In my defence, I suppose I would say, we've seen a lot of people getting a lot angrier about it than I mm. have been like, online and stuff. Um, and I, I, don't, I don't think that's... I don't think that's founded because I, I, I don't know where people are coming from. We're just going to wrap this part of the, the show. Yeah, yeah. But I don't, feel, I, don't, I don't feel like that's a very healthy thing to get into when we know it's... It, you know, it is just a folly. It is exactly. Except, yeah, but exactly. But well, you know, we've but, had, but it, we've an had unsatisfying had folly that's at, that's pretending to be six percent, but there's actually three point two. <laughs> it's just not worth that, getting that, that, that head that, up about. I, I'd get more. I'd get much more angry at that if you're singing them, sitting down the bells, having a nice sip, and oh, this is a great beer. Then after five, you're like. I'm not. I'm not really feeling anything, and then you go up and you t- and you suddenly show to me three point eight percent. That's what I'd be. Ang- that's what I'd be properly. I'd be ranting about that for years to come. Where's this? Yeah. I actually, I think I've got it out of my system now. Uh, talking okay. about it like this, so it, it's. Um, yeah. If if if, if any of our listeners have kind of have been ranting about this, just just let it go. Let it go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely, definitely the right thing to let it go, or just. I don't know, go on a podcast and just <laughs> rant about it. It seems, it seems much less... I think part of the problem is as well, just like if people are writing not very well thought through social media posts, venting about stuff, because, you know, it, it's such a... It, it is kind of an emotive issue because so many of us are so invested in this stuff where so many people are invested in their own niche of cinema. So I can see why people get hit up. Um, and a lot of us are quite weird i guess in the film fandom world and everything so i can see why people get hell absolutely but some of the comments some people make then don't come out the right way <laughs> yeah, yeah. And hopefully, i mean that's what i was trying to say yeah. hopefully we've not said anything wrong in that respect uh, i i would actually rather watch that three and a half hour film about a woman making toast which is at number one i'd rather watch that than decision to leave <laughs> to be yeah, honest, I don't think that would be. I don't think that would be a bad choice. If I'm you know, I, I would. I would definitely watch that. But I'm not paying any money which goes to the BFI or Sight and Sound to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of, kind of getting to the end of the, 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 mm. the our chat about the year. Um, yes. Do you think there's a key takeaway, or success story, or point of interest from this year? Uh, Warriors of the Future came out. <laughs> no, no, seriously, just I, I, I do. I, I think that's 
that's, that's probably the most interesting thing that this year for me in a way because that, that it was supposed to be starting filming in like 2016. Um, now I spent all the time in development hell. That was supposed to be shot, finished, coming out years ago. Never came out and... You know, it's it's been a bit of a joke uh, in a way. Like we always been wondering what's happening. Oh, you know, we're, what what we what Hong Kong film should we screen this year? Oh, maybe let's try and get Warriors of the Future. Ha ha ha! And then suddenly, like from out of nowhere, it's on Netflix, and it actually turns out <laughs> to be great. Uh, you know, in that in a genre, yeah, it's a genre film. He's passion project. Oh man, he, and he's great in it, man. He's just the, the chemistry. When he, gives, when he gives when he when he puts himself in, 100%, yeah, he is, and he is, and the two of them they have great banter, like classic sort of Hong Kong bickering between them and everything. So it's such a great film, and I think like as well, kind of what that represents. Not just like the level of technical ability um, and the special effects, which are fine. They are. I can't say it enough, man. They they are. Avatar, the you know the the watering way is is the most mind-blowing one this year for that but after that I'd, I'd say probably Warriors of Future is the only other film which I've seen the effects and be like Jesus that's much better than I thought it was going to be um, but it, it's just it's coming it's such a, a weird outlier in so many ways because it, it's been made over so many years and everything is it really a 2022 film how did you know and coming as we you know we've talked about the state of Hong Kong cinema at the moment it, it's such an, a mad outlier uh, and it's made a lot of money o- over there as well, which is great. So it's, it doesn't, there's no lesson to be taken from it whatsoever because it's not something being repeated. I mean, as we say, it's been in production for six, seven years. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I guess that that's probably that's probably my most sort of interesting thing. And apart from that, I think it's just been a bit of a, a downward slope for East Asian cinema this year, for many reasons, whether it's still coming out of COVID, whether it's mm. the sort of commercial knock-ons that had for cinema around the globe. I, I think everyone is still struggling to come to terms, you know, uh, with the, the shift to, or the balance between theatrical, streaming, SVOD, TVOD, everything. So uh, I, I, well. yeah, we're, we're, it's an interesting time. So, and I think as Asian film fans, mm. like we're, you, you know, we're, we are still a bit more of a niche uh, and so, like a lot of the sort of slightly more, uh, or less, sorry, film films which aren't getting into Cannes, films which aren't getting into the big festivals, are, are just not really showing up unless it's the the random odd one like the the Roundup or something like that. Um, so it's uh, th- there's nothing about that which makes me uh, fear for the future because at the end of the day, we're we're these cinemas are perfectly healthy in their own domestic contexts. So it's just what we're seeing over here, and we're I suppose we're also like a slightly odder phase and in, in the you know in the old days we, we would probably be importing dvds still and doing stuff like that whereas now the only way to watch stuff is um <laughs> illicit means which i don't even understand how to do because i'm technically <laughs> i'm technically not quite there in those things and everything so uh, i'm seeing a lot less than I, I i would and having a lot less exposure to stuff than, than i would um i think because these films you know just i'm out of the phase of buying dvds uh i'm not downloading stuff on the dodge and but less films are actually becoming available in other ways but i, I think things will sort themselves out mm-hmm. i think i think it's a just the film distribution you know landscape across the world is going to figure you know finding itself finding its feet again and figuring out how you actually make a profit from films so um there, there's nothing i don't think it's a great year at all but i, I don't think it mm-hmm. has any long-term trends apart from mainland cinema it's probably going to get worse <laughs> yeah, that, well, that's my I mean, takeaway for the year. I mean, my takeaway for the year. I mean, it's very much more uh, specific, but it has mm. been interesting to see 
um, the rise and rise of Michelle Yao. Um, oh, true. Star yeah, was, yeah, a, was, was, well. was the yeah. signing, but you know, with everything everywhere all at once, and now she's in the the Witcher. Uh, prequel, of course, and all the various Star yeah, Trek yeah, and yeah. like it's been working on pretty you know, she's finally, you know, uh, the woman of the year or whatever. You know, she's yeah, really, really uh, uh, made her, her presence known, which is fantastic. You know, mm. been fans of Michelle from right from way back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and also it's quite interesting to see um, that there are some uh, interesting bits of casting where and 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 these this casting. Yeah, is seeing those actors recognised. So, I mean, specifically, I'm thinking about um, Triangle of Sang- Sadness and Dolly oh, Leon, yes. yeah, yeah, who's been recognised yeah. for a supporting role in that, which is, which is great. But it's, and I, you know, I, I don't, I, there's not necessarily, I mean, it's positive for some specific actors, not necessarily for, for cinema yeah. in general, but it is great to see, great to see some, some of these actors really actually kind of getting out there and, 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 yeah, and being recognised outside of... Yeah. No, no, and, that, and I guess that's, I mean, that's in some ways is a more healthy, sustainable way of doing it. It's like seeing slightly more international, internationally minded productions who are open to, to casting around from East Asia and other places rather than thinking everything has to be tied to a, a Korean wave or, you know, a whatever wave or something. So, mm. um, so yeah, that, that, you're right. That, that, is, that is positive. I mean, it is great with Michelle Yeoh and seeing, you know, more people turning up in films. Um, Hopefully that's something we will see more in 2023. So that's it for now. I hope you have a lovely uh, New Year's celebration. Don't forget you can find (laughs) all of our previous episodes on Apple, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe now and you'll never miss an episode. (laughs) But for now, Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. (laughs) Cheers.